0: good obviously you know we don't physically taste him you know there's a spiritual connotation attached to that and so that's one aspect and uh, also the issue of uh, uh, sight uh, in terms of seeing obviously we can't we see God in this in the physical sense but we can see him spiritually amen through the spiritual eyes of our understanding as the scripture speaks of so we have these, asp- these, these metaphors that give us spiritual uh, insight, and so there's another one, and obvious, the obvious one is hearing. Uh, in terms of hearing, and and this natural an fact, the hearing as well is is not just related to physical, but spiritual as well. Um, and so it's the issue of hearing that I want to consider with us this morning as we look at the Word of God and. Uh, the text in particular, but we will venture to various other parts of the Scripture to establish this principle that Jesus lays down for us um, in our text. So it's the issue or spiritual sense of hearing that we want to look at this morning as it is taught and found in the Word of God because hearing, uh, there's much emphasis in Scripture on us hearing and having an ear to hear. How many times do we find that expression by Jesus himself in various instances in the New Testament and in which he speaks and he makes the emphasis uh, on he who has an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit speaks. You know, you know Revelation there and, and other aspects as well in his teachings in the Gospels. But he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that is obviously putting the emphasis and the responsibility upon us to tune in and to have an ear to hear, to want to hear. And that's very significant in the purpose and plan of God as God relates to us as individuals. Even in the Old Testament, as, uh, um, uh, again, my brother was Sam was speaking about it, I think, last week in conversation. He was just expressing how God, when he would speak to Israel, he would say, "Here," he would get to get there, hear, O Israel, hear. God is communicating and he's uh, making the emphasis again in Old and New Testaments uh, to uh, uh, is, hear, listen, to what I am saying. I mean, we have, if you have kids, what's the emphasis? <laughs> hey, what do you say? I, listen! I, do you hear what I'm saying? Or you may hear, but you're not paying attention. Your ear's not tuned in. So there's many aspects we can apply this truth. And so we want to consider it uh, as we see in the Word of God this morning. But really, hearing is just one side of the coin. It's one aspect. What's the other? Huh? Doing. Give me this. Don't have to whisper, Vanessa. You can say it loud. Doing. Hearing and doing. And so those two are interconnected and closely related and really, you can't have a, a, a one without the other in the sense of uh, that which uh, relates to obedience to God. They go hand in hand throughout the scriptures and we're going to determine that. But just in, let me read to you, just in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 27, um, God speaks and he says, You go near and he, oh, The children of Israel speak to Moses and they say, You go near and hear all that the Lord our God may say and tell us that the, what the Lord, our God, says to you, and we will hear and we will do it. Okay? We will hear and we will do it. We can have the best intentions, but this issue of hearing and doing is very critical, as we'll establish, because failure to implement what we hear can be dangerous and bring us into self-deception. And every one of us is prone to this and vulnerable to this. Let him who stands take heed lest he fall. And so let's look at our text in Mark chapter 4 and we'll start with this principle that Jesus brings forth in verse 24. Well, in actual fact, Jesus has been talking about the parable of the sower and we'll refer to that in a moment, but we're going to pick it up we can actually read verse 23 because at the conclusion of explaining the parables and, uh, and speaking further on um, some other aspects, he says in verse 23 of Mark chapter 4, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. But then Jesus proceeds in verse 24. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For everyone who has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Now these are very, uh, very serious words spoken by Jesus. And they have great significance. And uh, the reason why I've used this as the foundation, because it lays forth a principle that relates to the responsibility that we have to hear what God is saying. And that's why Jesus says, He who has ears to hear, let him heed. And then he turns uh, to them and he said, and specifically he speaks to them, Take heed how you hear. It is your responsibility here in relation to what I'm saying. And so Jesus is making the emphasis, take heed how you hear. The responsibility rests upon you and he says, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now that's really significant because what Jesus is saying, to the degree that you are tuned in, to the degree that you are willing, to that degree God will meet you at that point. Because if you don't, God's not going to cast his pearls before swine. You have to have a heart that is willing, or an ear that is willing to hear. And with the measure that you are tuned in to that same measure, Jesus, or God, will speak to you and he will meet with you. Now that really, again, puts the emphasis on us, doesn't it? That's why it says, take heed how you hear, because God's going to respond to you on that basis. But Jesus even goes further. He says, for whoever has, to him more will be given. So once when God sees that, that our disposition, that we are tuned in, our desire, our willingness, then not only will God measure that back to us, but Jesus says, if God will go further, and to him who has, more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. And even that is very, very uh, scary when you think about it because it's possible that that which uh, has been deposited, if you, are, if you are not listening and you're not tuned in, then you, you know how many people I've known over the years that have heard the word of the Lord, have had revelation of God, and then they've turned their back on God, and how many people forget the scriptures? How many people forget spiritual realities? Oh, They might understand various things, but they lose a lot. And it relates to this principle that Jesus is putting forth. So, it's, this principle, it's really not unfamiliar to other principles in scripture. You know, Jesus, James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jesus says in Luke chapter 6 verse 38 about giving. He says, give and it will be given back to you. With the same measure you give, it will be measured back. And not only that, but he says uh, in giving back, this is the abundance of God, listen, it will be pressed down, shaken together and running over. Because God, amen, uh, not only does he meet with us to that level, God goes beyond in his blessing. Praise the Lord. Thank God for that. God always blesses us with more. And that's the principle that Jesus is putting forth forth. Here in the in the uh, the text that we are looking at now, <coughs> in establishing that principle, let us look a little bit further and understand the children of Israel and that some things that we see in the New Testament. But turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 29, because g- this is an interesting portion of text where God through Moses is uh, uh, speaking to the children of Israel. And in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 2, listen to these words. Now Moses called all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials which your eyes have seen the signs and those great wonders. Yet, verse 4, yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. Now again, they're very potent words that are being spoken. In other words, God is saying, you have seen my power. You've seen the signs and the wonders. You've observed the glory of, my, uh, uh, of me bringing you out of Egypt and the judgments on Pharaoh and the Red Sea and, I mean, the provisions in the wilderness, everything. this is, a, this, is speaking this at the conclusion of their, of their period in the wilderness and he's saying, this is what you have seen, but you know what? In light of that, God has withheld from you and he has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. Why? Why would why would God blind them like that? Why is that happening? Is God is is you know is it God's fault? Jesus said, take heed how you hear. See that's the principle, right? And it's the same for Israel. They failed to hear. God had demonstrated His power; He had called them to trust Him. He had called them to obey Him, and we know the story of their complaints and their disobedience and their rebellion against god and God said you 're not even going to go into the promised land and they lost that which they were the inheritance in which they were to obtain that generation and more than that god, Moses says to them that God has has uh, given, not given you a heart to see, or uh, sorry, a heart to perceive, and eyes to see and ears to hear, to this very day. See, they had the people had not desired, they had not asked, they had observed, but they were never tuned in. So God said, no problem. To the measure that you, I will measure it back to you, and not only that, what you have will be taken away from you. And so, that's a scary thought. That's a sobering thought to consider. And how often I have observed this in people's lives. I mean, how many people we can think of, they know that God is real. They've seen God work in people's lives. They've seen God's power. They've even experienced it in their own lives. They've tasted, as Hebrews says. But yet, their heart, they, they don't have a heart to hear and their eyes are blinded because of this very same principle that we're pointing to in the Word of God. See, the whole thing this morning, church, is, is it's, it's an issue of the heart. That's what Jesus is pointing at. It's an issue of the heart and God looks at the heart. And if the heart is not willing, if the heart's not desiring, if the heart is not opened in that in that sense uh, then God will not uh, respond accordingly is what Jesus is saying. Now, let's establish this further, because in Luke, and you don't have to turn there, but in Luke chapter 8, uh, verse uh, 8, Jesus uh, speaks about the parable of the sorrow as well. I mean, we've just seen it here in Mark. He speaks about it again in Luke, and obviously again in Matthew 13. And, and here, in this instance, again, he's, Jesus will say, at the conclusion of it, to, as he just shares the, the, the parable itself without explaining it, he says, "'He who has ears to hear, let him hear.'" And this is what he says in Luke 8 verse 15, he says, But the ones that fell on the good ground, as as he gives the parable, but the ones that fell on the good ground, that is the seed, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. See, that's the distinctive quality. The rest of the seed fell by the wayside amongst the stony ground, the thorns, and didn't bear fruit. But the one that did bore fruit on the basis that they kept the word that they'd heard and they had a noble and a good heart. That's what the word says. There was something there that, uh, that gave way for them to bear fruit and obviously it relates to an issue of their heart. Let's go further. Why did, and I'm assuming most of us understand, but let's let's address it. Why did Jesus speak in parables? Did Jesus speak in parables to reveal truth? um, And that is one, one aspect that you can draw from it, but that wasn't the fundamental reason why Jesus spoke in parables. Jesus spoke in parables. Turn to with me to Matthew chapter 13. And we'll see in verse, we'll read from verse 11, Matthew 13. So it talks about the purpose of parables in in verse 10. And the disciples have asked Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? Now here's Jesus' answer. Verse 11, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, there's the same principle again, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing And their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, because they hear. In other words, Jesus is saying, the reason why I'm speaking in parables is not to reveal truth, but to conceal it. I'm concealing these truths of the kingdom of God because the truth is is that these people don't have an ear to hear. They're not interested in really what I have to say. And and then he quotes from Isaiah chapter 6 and he says, for the hearts of these people have grown dull and their ears are hard of hearing. So therefore, I've hardened their hearts. I'm blinding their eyes so that they can't see, so that they can't hear. Actually, let's go to Isaiah chapter 6 and let's, uh, let's see exactly where Jesus is quoting from. And he says in Isaiah 6 verse 9, I mean, this is just directly after Isaiah has is been called as a prophet where he says and responds to God uh, and says, Here I am, send me. And this is what it says in verse 9. And he said, Go and tell this people, In other words, who keep on hearing but do not understand, who keep on seeing but do not perceive. Now listen to this. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be healed. You know what God's saying? God is saying to the prophet, I want you to speak to them. And in doing so, I want to make the heart of the people dull. Why would God do that? Because something's already happening in their heart. Something has already transpired in their heart. Their heart has already been hardened. So God is now in his sovereignty. He says, I'm going to send you to these people and they're not even going to listen to what you say. See that's a, that, and, and that Jesus is taking that principle and he's applying it in his dealings with uh, the, the, the 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 with Israel and he's saying, why do you speak in parables? Because you know why their their hearts are dull and I speak to them to conceal the truths of the kingdom of God. That's scary. That's that's a that's very concerning. And again, the issue is their hearts. And we've made this emphasis, hearing is every man's duty. That scripture says in Mark 4.24, take heed how you hear. Isn't it interesting when Jesus addresses the churches in the book of Revelation, in chapter 2 and chapter 3, as he addresses each church, he concludes each message with the words, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Because that is the key factor. You have to have an ear to hear. God will speak. And once you cross that line where you, your heart becomes dull, you're not interested in spiritual things, your, 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 your ears are tuned into other things and distractions and loves of the world, not into the Word of God and God himself, then we're moving into dangerous territory. And so the, the ability to hear rests... With the heart, let's turn as of into Second Timothy with chapter four. Again, we're just highlighting these these truths as they relate to this principle that we're talking about. And in Second Timothy, Paul writes prophetically about the last days. And he says, in Second Timothy chapter four, verse three. For the, for the time will come, and we're living in this day, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Why? Why? Why will will this occur? Why will they not endure sound teaching and sound doctrine? Because they have turned their ears away from the truth. That's where the departure happens and the ears are associated to the heart as we've already established. And when the heart is not where it ought to be and the heart's not loving God as it should, then we are in danger. And we are in de- and, uh, and if, we, if we persist and continue in this uh, long enough, uh, we are in serious uh, danger of self-deception and that's a dangerous place uh, to be, as we can see here in the Word of God. And to think that we're living in a time, uh, uh, prophetically, in the, ch- uh, the church age, where this will actually come about, where people, they don't have an ear to hear. And so what happens? God eventually says, okay... You don't want to hear. I'm going to shut your ears. That's what, it'll happen again. It's happening now. Because that's how it works. So let's look secondly at the issue of being a doer of the Word. Having spoken and highlighted the issue of hearing, let us focus for a moment on the issue of doing. Because I can't emphasise enough and I can't um, overemphasise enough uh, even to myself and others because we're all uh, prone to what we're going to look at. But it is imperative that we are doers and not hearers only. The scripture, as we will see, will warn us against this disposition of heart And way of life where where we can come to a place where we are hearing but we are not doing, and in doing so the scripture says clearly that we 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 can deceive ourselves and the place of self deception is deadly. God have mercy and deliver us all from self deception. But you see, the issue of doing is critical. And so much emphasis in Scripture is put upon it. You remember Jesus when he gave the parable of the two sons, and he said, and the, sons, uh, the father said to his two sons, Go and work in my vineyard. And one said, I will go. But what happened? He didn't go. The other said, I won't go. But then he felt bad, uh, Jesus says, and then he went. And he says, Which of the two did his father's will? The second the one who actually did it, not the one who said yeah, yeah, yeah or had the best intentions. The best intentions and yeah, yeah, yeah is not going to be enough. At the end of the day, it's what you do. That's what registers with God. That's what God sees. And that's why Jesus, again, spoke those words. Let's go to James chapter chapter 1 and see it further. James chapter 1 verse 21 to verse 25. We'll read that whole portion. James writes and he says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. You see, it's, it's, it, I mean, we can illustrate that. It's great to come to church and hear the teaching and preaching of God's Word and we are, and, well, when we read the Word of God, it's like looking into a mirror and we see God and we see ourselves as we are and we can be moved and we can be convicted and we can, and we can pray a prayer and have the best intentions but what happens when we go? What do we do with what we've heard? we have to be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves self-deception let's be honest church the the propensity for each of us for self-deception is a reality can you say amen you know we like to think sometimes yeah, yeah you know i'm a bit better than the next person or whatever else but you know we've got to be so careful in this area because we all there's a blind side to all of us and we can think in certain ways and certain things, but, you know, gee, as if, we, if we saw as the Lord saw, uh, gosh, we'd be like Isaiah, woe is me. Or like a Job, I bore myself. What really God sees in the heart, you know, and sometimes he gives us glimpses of it and we're like, ugh. But you see, we have to be doers of the word and not hearers only. We, we have to put into, into uh, uh, um, uh, we have to act upon that which we have heard. And that's why um, James uh, illustrates these things. But look at what he says in verse 25. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. See, you have to continue in. You have to do. You have to walk in this. The Christian life, amen, It's not a ritual. It's not a routine. It is a lifestyle that we live from day to day and day after day to walk worthy, fully pleasing the Lord in all things. And yes, we fall short. But the point is, amen, that we must be conscious of these things and we must be doing those things, especially that which the Lord is dealing with us about. And the way in which this is done is revealed to us in verse 21 in James's words when he says, Receive with meekness the implanted word. You see, it's not enough just to hear the word of God. That's like the seed that just falls. You know, the, the principle of the parable of the sower, doesn't. we just apply it sometimes, you know, for salvation. But the principle applies to all of us in terms of the Christian life. We're constantly receiving the seed of God's word when we read, when we hear, when we're in church and all of those things. But is that word falling by the wayside? Or, uh, as the scripture here says, uh, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, James is not talking about salvation here. He's talking about the work of sanctification, a work of, of which God brings healing and restoration to our souls by us receiving the word of God and doing and obeying it as we ought to and thus receiving the blessings of it. Receive with meekness. The implanted word. You know, the issue of hearing and doing, again, as we've already established, is not a new one. But as I was preparing this, I couldn't help but think about the children of Israel, because they're our example, right? And we always and we look at them and we see ourselves in 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 all, all those ways. And if you can turn to me in Ezekiel chapter 33, because there's another portion of text here and God speaks to Ezekiel and what he says, again, just grabs my attention and it just kind of alerts me and makes me want to make sure that I, I don't fall into this category and I don't fall into this trap. But Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 30. God is speaking to Ezekiel who has been speaking as the prophet to the children of Israel. And God says to Ezekiel, He says, As for you, son of men, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses. They speak of one another, everyone saying to his brother, Please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. Sounds exciting, Right? Everyone's talking about Ezekiel. Everyone's talking about God. Verse 31. So they come to you as my people do. They sit before you as my people. And they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed you are to them like a lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to partial, it will come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Obviously, that relates to other aspects that have been spoken of. But you see, that's, that's scary. And we're in that day. You know, when when, when Paul in in Timothy talks about, um, uh, you know, in the the last days, Spirit expressly says, you know, they'll give, uh, uh, they won't endure sound doctrine, but they'll have itching ears. And how much we have all these novelty, these uh, preachers, these novel preachers, you know, um, and this person, that person, they go flock here to hear that, flock here to do that. Because they all want to hear the latest thing. But you see, it's not about hearing amen. It is about doing and this is the, this is the issue. And God says, my people, they're talking about you. They love to sit there and listen to what you say. They, they, they get all excited. But the problem is they don't do what they hear because their hearts are not, listen, not, hearts are not tuned in as they ought to be. And in reality, they're too concerned with the pursuit of their own gain." of what they want, their own will, other than mine. You know, I'm sure every pastor can relate to the fact, and you know, I don't mean this in a bad way, but you know, great sermon pastor, great message, oh, praise the Lord. But you see, we have to do it, amen? We have to do it. I preach, and I've got to be careful I don't fall into the same trap, because I can preach and and work in the economy of God's truths, but I've got to make sure too I'm walking in that in that way, in that manner. None of us are exempt. You see, and I, um, I think it was Pastor Werner because of uh, some of the teachings of Anton Bosch that we've been listening to in the last week and so, Pastor Werner was saying, um, uh, it's not the things that I don't understand that worry me, but it's the things that I do understand that concern me. And I, I thought about Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, where, where God again speaks to the children of Israel. And he says, Deuteronomy 29:29, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the works of this law. And see, that's, that's the responsibility, is that um, the secret things, are, there's so many things that we can talk about, but we don't understand. But listen, what about what we do understand? What about what God has revealed? Because I tell you, that's more important than having knowledge about everything and about this and about that and about this prophecy and that prophecy. You can have all knowledge. But you see, at the end of the day, are we obeying in the small things? Are we being obedient? Are we doing what God wants us to do? Because the secret things belong to the Lord and the things that God has revealed to us belong to us. Take heed how you hear. And, uh, uh, and, so, um, and uh, to our children, the responsibility of parenting is immense. to teach our children, to teach them the ways of the Lord, to instruct them in the truth and in the ways of righteousness and holiness. And it is a burden that every parent bears. That's why we dedicate them to the Lord because we realise, God, we need your help and we need your grace to be able to do this so that they too would walk in these things. So I want to conclude this morning in light of the things that we've spoken about, the blessing. You see, because there's a blessing in this. And that's exactly what Jesus reiterates in our text in Mark chapter 4, when he says, To you who have, more will be given. You see, God's nature is such that he, I mean, not only does he measure back to us, as a a matter of principle. But the principle goes further and God gives us more than we deserve. Amen? He blesses us abundantly. And this is the whole teaching of the Bible. This is the whole revelation that we have throughout the Scriptures that when our heart is right and when we're pleasing to God, God, amen, He blesses us with more than what we deserve. Not that we deserve anything, but... You know, I'm just highlighting what Jesus is talking about here. And so, we see it again. And if I I could just turn your attention back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you can go there. Because God is speaking to Israel and he's speaking of his desire and intent. And he says to them in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1, He says, now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe in the land which you are crossing over to possess that you may uh, fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord your God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. God says, if you will listen, if you will do, I will bless you abundantly. I will prosper you. I will bring you into a land that flows with milk and and honey you see the children of Israel they died in the wilderness they didn't get the blessing and how many Christians are wilderness Christians they fail to appropriate all that God has provided and so we talk about the milk and honey of Scripture and people uh, you know uh, we're speaking like a foreign language sometimes because you have to be spiritually minded you have to be obedient to the Lord to understand some of these things and, uh, and that's just the reality of how it works. But God is saying, if you will do, if you will obey, he says, I will bless you abundantly and that land that flows with milk and honey, this is what is for us as the Christian because you know what, church, we want, because God has given it to us, the fullness of the blessing that is in Christ Jesus. That I, want, I, I want that fullness. I want to experience the fullness. Uh, I want to live in the reality of all the provision that God has given to us through his Holy Spirit. And I have tasted and I have experienced various aspects, but amen, uh, uh, I want more, to know him more, to experience the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, as, as Paul would say, because none of us have, have attained, none of us have been perfected, and so we're always pressing in that sense but it's about being a doer that's the key you see what's the principle behind a, a doer of the word is simply this it's, as you know it's being obedient it's obedience to God obedience is what pleases God can you say amen, amen. obedience is better than sacrifice right. well so I, I I go to church once a week that's great but do you think God looks at that and thinks, oh, I'm well done? No, to obey is better than sacrifice. That's why a brother Anton, when he spoke about spirit, soul and body, and he broke down the week in hours and he said, um, you know, we come to church two hours a week on a Sunday to feed our spirit, but what are we doing for the, the, the rest of the week? And think about it. How much time are we spending with the Lord? How much time are we are we spending in, obe- uh, in, in reading his word and, and drawing near to him in prayer? Because this is a relationship. This is a walk. You can't just come to church on Sunday and pay your respects and walk out and think somehow that that's pleasing God. We're doing exactly what they did in Ezekiel's day. You see... To obey is better than sacrifice. And you know what is behind obedience? It's faith. Faith and obedience. It's a faith and a trust in God. It's a belief that says, you know what? I believe and therefore I pursue. And how does faith come? Romans 10 verse 17, the principle is there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The same principle applies. And so that's why we, we love to be in the, the, the presence of God's... Uh, uh, I mean, we love to read the Word of God, but make ourselves available to hear the teaching of and the preaching of God's Word by various God-given people for that very pers- purpose. And to hear these things are exciting, amen, uh, to, to the one who's tuned in and who has an ear to hear. See, these truths are all spiritually discerned. And I'll read it, uh, in, in uh, again you know it, because we read it already, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and in verse 9 to 12, it says, But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But, ha, <laughs> listen, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Amen. See, to the world, eye is not seen in and has not heard. They've got no idea about spiritual things. But to us who are in Christ, amen, but to us, we, God has, through his Spirit teaches us and reveals the deep things of God, shows us these things, but I tell you the Holy Spirit will not show these things to a carnal Christian carnality will keep you in the shallowness of, of spirituality and you will never ever you'll move beyond the, uh, into the depths of God's truth and his word because you have to have an ear to hear. You have to be seeking God and if you seek him, he will be found by you. He's not far, he's not hiding, but I tell you, he's only going to respond to you to the degree that you are responding to him. And then if you're responding to him, he will actually give you more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Take heed how you hear. This is every man's duty. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the word of God this morning. Lord, for the, root, the truth that is contained within these words, Lord. And God, I pray that we would be Not just hearers. This is so important, Lord, that we do hear, but doers as well. And God, that we would walk in obedience, that we would seek You, that we would tune our hearts. I don't. We don't want to fall into a place of spiritual dullness, of spiritual blindness. We don't want to turn our ears aside unto fables, because when the heart turns, that's when we're open to deception. Not just self-deception, but the deception that's in the world. But if we can keep a noble and good heart, if we can be sincere in our, in our love for you, Lord, this is our safety. Lord, and that we would be zealous for you because the soul's safety is in its heat. Lord, help us and give us grace in relation to what we have heard this morning. And let us each examine our own hearts and take heed to what we hear. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless his soul this morning.